Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Your, your description, uh, pleasure. Um, I, I know what you're doing there. Uh, I would also argue that, uh, you know, some of our brothers and sisters, particularly in the, um, you know, uh, MAGA camp, I think, uh, particularly enjoy the circular firing squad. You want to come at me and call me a rhino? You can kiss my ass. Look, I've spent a lifetime fighting for limited government conservatism. I have laid it all on the line. I've not seen my family for two days in the last 30 days. You go around talking your big game and you thumping your chest on Twitter. That's Chip Roy. Congressman from Texas, and it's at this moment I remind my producer, Jason, to have his finger on the dump button, because he seems a little angry. Does Chip Roy, as he was doing an interview with fellow radio host uh, Steve Deese, uh, I I only caught the beginning of it. Uh, Seriously, uh, Jason, finger on the dump. Let's see what Chip Roy has to say about this idea of removing... McCarthy from Speaker. That vote has not yet come, but it's gonna. Your big game and you thumping your chest on Twitter. Yeah, come to my office and come have a debate, mother. You know why? Because I'm standing up for this country every single day. And Steve, I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to go to a nunnery. Because there were people who were buried over in Normandy who deserve us to stand up for what they fought for. Oh, my. This is making some people angry. Don't know if we have to invoke Normandy in order to have this discussion. What what I what I do know, what I do know, is uh, that maybe just maybe we gotta we gotta bring it down just a touch. McCarthy seems very prepared. No deal with the Democrats to be made. As a matter of fact, the Democrats have said we're going to vote to remove McCarthy as Speaker. You guys brought up the motion. We're just going to, you know, vote. It was Pramila Jayapal who chairs the House Progressive Caucus who stated uh, very, very clearly. So will Democrats vote uh, no? Will unanimously vote no on that? We are following our leader, and we are not saving Kevin McCarthy. And that's that. Now you have Congressman Dan Bishop of North Carolina, Congresswoman Victoria Sparks of Indiana, Congressman Chip Roy of Texas, all saying they're going to vote against the motion to vacate. This was Matt Gates saying that Speaker McCarthy did not hold the line when it comes to spending when it comes to uh, the, the, the push, if, if, if you will, uh, to uh, hold the Democrats in check on, on spending on Ukraine. We should put forward the 12 appropriations bills as was negotiated between McCarthy and Biden and vote them up or down, and if we don't vote for them, well, then I guess we're going to have a 1% tax cut across the board. I will tell you that 
I would not vote to remove Kevin McCarthy because there is no plan for a replacement, and I don't think the risk is worth the reward. I hear you. When it comes to if you don't hold the line and hold people responsible, what do you have? You don't have much of anything. So we understand it. So we're all together. You have to hold the line. You have to reduce the spending. You have to put an end to the madness. I do not disagree. But if you don't have a plan to replace him, you don't have anything. You're just an angry, screaming freak. That's all you are. Angry and bitter and hateful and awful. You offer nothing. If you don't have a plan, stop talking. If you don't have a plan, you're not serious. Now that's going to be seen as offensive. But what am I supposed to do? One must have a plan. You want to replace McCarthy? Replace him with whom? That's a legit question. If you're going to replace him, replace him with whom? As for how this is going to go, uh, beats me. Beats me how this is going to go. But Matt Gates is right there. His blue blazer, his, uh, well, those olive pants or those gray, I don't know. He just looks fantastic. Hair, a perfect quaffed. And he's going to break it down. He's going to try and explain his position. Does he have five other Republicans to go with him? I don't know. You don't have Bishop, you don't have Roy, you don't have people who are part of that initial fight regarding the Speaker. So it's not that they have a love for the Speaker, they disagree about the tactic and the strategy. So do I. I don't think this is that this tactic, this strategy is going to work. I think this is a tremendous mistake. I do not favor tremendous mistakes. I don't favor, well, let me show you how how much I can strut about and show that I'm a real conservative. Oh, stop it. Conservatism would argue that one needs a plan and not just your emotions. Conservatism would argue that your emotions can get you in trouble. That you shouldn't be based on those completely and solely. And right now it's what we're seeing. We're seeing people on the political right who are based solely on their emotion. Now, their emotion actually comes from a a, a place of rationality. We can't have the spending. We have to hold firm. We cannot keep getting run over. When do we make a change? You're not going to get me to argue that. I'm just saying you don't have a plan for a new speaker. And that makes your plan unacceptable. This is Tony Katz today. 4.802. Well, that says something. That's where the 10-year Treasury note is. We were just talking about this with Dr. Matt Will, where the Treasuries have been, and now this is the high, breaking 4.8. 5% will be here before you know it. 
30-year fixed mortgage rates will be at 8% and higher because the spread is near 3%, if not 3%. This is where we're going to be. This is where it is. I wonder where the market is right now. Where's the market at right now? Oh, it's down 515. Okay. This is good. This is, I wonder if people take this as an opportunity to uh, to buy. I don't know. I'm curious. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. The House is going to vote. Now, here's how C-SPAN has it. Vote to table or kill the motion to remove Speaker McCarthy. Wait, table or kill? So we we don't have it? So he's not going to be removed? Is, is this... Is this what I'm about to find out? You mean we went through... We went through all this for nothing? Come on. I gotta see Matt Gates lose his mind. I gotta see him, you know, get red face, scream, yell, something. The way, by the way, if we're looking for an answer to how to handle these things... Um, is to win more seats in the House. That's what you have to do. Everything that we're seeing right now, if it bothers you, which, for the record, none of this bothers me at all. None of it. All the talk, I mean, I, I spoke with Senator Mike Braun about the idea of you know, infighting the GOP and chaos and, and, and stuff. I had spoken with uh, Congressman Jim Banks about that on my morning show. I was going to share that, but I wanted to, to, to talk to you about this. And uh, I, I don't care what the left has to say about any of it. It's, me, it's meaningless. I do not mind these open conversations and open debates. I appreciate them. It's how I know that the republic still works. Now, you'll say, you know, this never happened when Nancy Pelosi was speaker. That's right. That's correct. It never happened when Nancy Pelosi was speaker because Nancy Pelosi did not allow for debate. She wasn't a great speaker. She was a terrible authoritarian ruler. But this is how Democrats do things. So while it certainly looks messy, ugly, all these things regarding the Republican Party, we see it right in front of us, man. We get to watch it happen right in front of us. I don't know. I'm comforted by that. By the idea that this isn't happening in a back room. This is happening for everybody to see. There's, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm a softy, maybe I'm naive, maybe it's an old school thing, maybe I'm just a nostalgic man, but it is, to be able to see it happen, something else. Here is the statement from Chip Roy as I was discussing him earlier. Today I'm voting against the motion to vacate Speaker McCarthy. My position has been and remains that the status quo of massive spending, open borders, funding proxy wars, and weaponized government is unacceptable. That said, I am voting against this motion because I disagree with the tactical play call. I do not believe that you pull the coach at the beginning of the fourth quarter, which is where we currently stand. I remain focused on laying out the possible paths to secure wins. Well, I don't know 
about the whole idea of coaches, but I, I would certainly argue uh, that the tactical play, as I discussed it earlier, it doesn't exist. The angry play exists. The tactical play does not. Just doesn't. Now, there's a series of 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 uh, other things going on and how people are using this uh, politically. One of those people is Governor Ron DeSantis, who in an interview was talking about Kevin McCarthy, and he was um uh, what's what's the word I'm looking for unkind. That's it. Well, you know, I, I've uh, I opposed McCarthy when it when it wasn't cool years ago, um, and he's really somebody that Donald Trump has backed and put into that position. Uh, and so I think that they've not delivered results. Uh, I think the contrast between Florida us delivering results and what you have in Washington is typically failure theater. Your move, MAGA. Oh, damn. I opposed McCarthy years ago. It's all Trump's fault. Oh, oh, is there anything better than an election year? Anything? Anything? I'm sorry. Uh, Everything wrapped in bacon. Touche. Touche. Correct. That is better. And for my rabbi, uh, it's true. Look, it's it's the only thing our people ever got wrong. The bacon thing. Just give them the win and move on. That's 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 all I can tell you to do. Well, of course, this is going to be part of the of the political theater. Of course, it's going to be part of the great conversation. Well, why shouldn't it be? Why shouldn't it be? It seems to me that everybody who is part of the next debate is going to be asked this question. Now, the question is, is Trump going to be part of the next debate? Trump right now is dealing with uh, this uh, insanity in New York, the charges against him, and he is very, very upfront and direct about what he thinks about the Attorney General, Letitia James. Now everybody is and will, and I hope you're impressed, he built a great company. But he's been given false information, misleading information, and corrupt information by a very corrupt and incompetent Attorney General, Letitia James, his woman. Okay, corrupt and incompetent. I I don't know. I don't know if that affects him in this or not. All I know is yesterday he was talking smack about the judge um, left and right, and then after the 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 day one of the hearing, he was like, "Well, you know, not a bad guy, not a bad guy." You're like, "Oh, as perfect Trump as ever." I think it's a weird thing to say that he misrepresented his value and therefore he shouldn't be allowed to do business in New York again. Um, I, 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 he, Trump brought up the idea of, because that's, that's the argument, right? He uh, manipulated his, his, uh, the value of uh, X, Y, or Z, right? Of, the, of, of this property, of this, and trying to get favorable loans. And uh, now he shouldn't be allowed to do business in New York. I'm not saying he did or he didn't. I've, I haven't seen him. I'm not part of the case. Everything got paid back. What is the argument? What's the argument? Couldn't the argument go the other way? This is what he provided. The bank didn't do their due diligence. 
They, if they had maybe checked, measured, done whatever, they would have seen, hey, there's an issue here, there's an issue there. I'm not trying to condone. I'm trying to figure out what a defense would be. And then as Trump was trying to mention, what's, what's the, what is the crime at play here? You can argue fraud. But if he paid back the money, and I haven't seen anywhere where someone's discussing that he hasn't paid back the money. There's been plenty of conversation over the years about Trump not paying his, uh, you know, subcontractors. Oh my God, I, I've, even from my days of doing construction, I've heard that story many, many times. Oh, you already did the work. Yeah, let's renegotiate. I thought that price was a little high. Oh, there's nothing more disgusting than that. When you agree to a price, you agree to a price. If you go about trying to renegotiate the price ipso facto, I said it was $5,000 for the tile work. That's what the guy quoted me or quotes you. And you say yes to it. And the tile work gets done. You're like, I think that's really only worth 4200 Dude, there's a special place in hell for you. Special place in hell where it's hot and things are pointy coming right at you. So I've heard that about Trump before. Other people can go about and engage in lawsuits or doing doing whatever about that. I can't tell you what's true or not true. I can only tell you I've heard it before. I can only tell you from my days in, in doing any level of construction, I've seen that before. I've seen those things happen. But with the banks, no one has discussed him not paying the bank back. Trump's argument is, what is the crime? To the extent that it's an interesting argument, it's an interesting argument. What exactly is the crime here? The lying? The filling out a form improperly? The embellishing? Well, I guess we'd have to go through each one and see what level of embellishment kind of exists. If you're off by a dollar, is that embellishment? A hundred, a thousand, ten thousand, a million, five million, twenty-two million? What is the number? I don't want to defend the indefensible. I don't have the information. I'm asking the question. If if it does come down to this, well, you told these banks X to get these loans, and I paid them back. Next? I don't know. that, That might play. Might. But this whole thing with McCarthy, this is going to come up in the next debate. And the reason I brought up Trump is, is Trump going to be in that debate? People will always tell you, he doesn't have to go to the debates. He's up by 30 points. I get you. I, I hear you. Duh. I, I, what? You can't do the basics? I think he doesn't show up to debates because he knows that it's going to create an issue for these indictments. To say that that's not the case seems super weird to me and very short-sighted. But what happens when Trump isn't up by 30? He's up by 22. Again, I go to Iowa. In the beginning of, beginning of September, he was up by 37. At the end of September, he was up by 30. What number is he up by before he goes to a debate? Because he won't have an option. Even if the debate can lead to moments that are used against him in an indictment. Meanwhile, should they remove Speaker McCarthy? What does the Senate think? Senator Mike Braun joined me to break that down. That's next. This is Tony Katz today.
Senator Mike Braun is the senator from Indiana, also a gubernatorial candidate in Indiana. And I sat down with him. Well, actually, I talked to him. He was sitting someplace else to talk about voting against the continuing resolution. What are the actual issues in the House of Representatives with the Republican Party in general in terms of coming together? And where is the possibility of possibly working with that Democratic Party where he said he's seeing a little bit of wobbling here and there? Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. Of course, I'll have more to say about the motion to vacate from Representative Matt Gates. But we started with his vote against the continuing resolution and those eight members of the Senate who joined him to vote against it. So the problem with the CR is it's the same song and dance. Uh, we've used that mechanism, Tony, in now the fifth year. This has more drama to it simply because uh, we have a slim margin in the House. But leadership in general, they like CRs uh, because, then, first of all, we haven't done any budgeting that we've adhered to in over 20 years. I've been on the budget committee and it's like a useless appendage uh, to the U.S. Senate because there's discussion on woke issues generally, nothing about reforming the place. So when you do default to a CR, you got to remember this whole journey started October 1st, 2022. So over a year ago, it's not like it snuck up on us, but they use it to cloak the system to where most senators don't have any uh, part of what we end up with, use the government shutdown as a threat for urgency. So anybody that's voting against the CR is voting against the general dysfunction that it represents. So what it did do in this case, there was enough uh, concern about the southern border among Republican senators, finally, and there it went against what Schumer and McConnell wanted to do, which was to pass our own version that would have uh, had uh, Ukraine aid in there, very little attention to the border because Chuck Schumer's not interested in that. So that's kind of the general backdrop of where we're at. And Kevin McCarthy would be of any of the leaders uh, the most willing to stick his neck out to say that something's got to give. But there are enough uh, conservatives there on the fiscal side, roughly 90 of them, that uh, said otherwise. And you can see in the U.S. Senate, there were only nine of us, even though another 10 generally would not like the dysfunction we've got. They generally won't buck leadership. So the, the no was, was predicated on the fact that dollars went places you didn't want them to. But as, as I read the continuing resolution, Nothing uh, about this CR added money for Ukraine. So was this a Ukraine conversation specifically? It was a border uh, discussion as well, which is the first time here recently that's risen to the level of importance. And it needed to address those that want uh, more U.S. aid to Ukraine, but also don't want to decouple it from the southern border because politically most republicans and most americans would probably figure what's happening down there is probably of greater significance of what's happening in europe that's not to dismiss it because it's a potential powder keg looking at it from several different angles but and then it's all couched in the fact that when i got there five years ago we were borrowing a trillion dollars a year record 
territory. Now it's a trillion dollars every six months. So probably most of the Senate senators voting against the House bill, that was a statement on sooner or later, that will be the biggest issue when you throw Medicare trust fund going broke in about four years, uh, Social Security trust fund in about nine, and we've known both of those uh, items for decades, not to mention, if you're good at arithmetic, the amount of interest we're going to be paying on the Biden budget of $42 trillion in debt in five years, $52 trillion in debt in 10 years. So it's got a lot of moving parts to it. Talking to Senator Mike Braun, you can find him at braun.senate.gov. Let's go back to the continuing resolutions that they first wanted to put forward, where you saw the, the whether you want to call it the Freedom Caucus or others, saying no to it. Those certainly had uh, some more teeth. It's not that I'm supportive of continuing resolutions, but those would have had more teeth. Were there any of those continuing resolutions that you would have voted for? No, because all that spending, Tony, is not baselined on where we were pre-COVID. And that is the big thing that Americans have got to understand. We now have the federal government at way over 25% of our GDP. It's never historically been outside of a war over 20. We never raise in revenue more than about 17.5% or 18%. So that is the reason none of us that really believe that is the biggest issue facing our country for future generations will vote against it. And that's on principle. So uh, all and these CRs, by the way, remember, are the result of doing no budgeting and even appropriations. That's all cloaked. The last time this occurred, we had a 4,100 page bill dropped in our lap, I think two months or so after the end of the fiscal year, with two days to read it, uh, I mean, one forty in the morning. So all of those are the real ways that this thing works. So you got a lot of different reasons. I was happy to see there were at least 90 uh, representatives, a far greater percentage of the Republican Party there, that says the aggregation of everything we've talked about is beyond the pale. And until we start doing something, we're going to have more of it year after year. So let's discuss what it would take to get ourselves some spending bills you'd be okay with. Because in the deal that Speaker McCarthy set up with President Biden, 12 appropriations bills, each one of them individual as opposed to some amalgamated mess, have to be passed. If they are not passed, then you have a 1% cut across the board, including in defense spending. This is sometimes referred to as the penny plan, one penny out of every dollar. Therefore, it's a 1% cut uh, across the board. These appropriations bills, have you taken a look at them, garnered any any thoughts on them? I believe three or four have been already passed by the House of, of Representatives. So the first part of the question is, have, have you looked at them? And secondly, do you approve of this idea? Was, was McCarthy right in setting up this standard? So two things for it to get my vote if it would come to the Senate. And number one, Tony, it won't pass there because Chuck Schumer would not allow it to pass, and he'll get 10 to 15 Republicans to come up with a counterpunch or proposal. But if it took it back to pre-COVID spending, whether you did that through the penny plan, uh, I took a balanced budget um, bill that gave 10 years to get it as a privileged motion about a year and a half ago, and 17 Republicans voted 
against it. So a lot of it, uh, yes, if it had true reforms, like a no government shutdown bill, which leadership won't bring to either uh, chamber, or a no budget, no pay check bill to put some real teeth into it, in other words, reforms, I'd vote for something like that. But if it's voting for something that looks like it's a cut, but it's based upon uh, spending uh, post-COVID or somewhere in between, I'm not going to go for that. No one should. Does this mean that you would favor Kevin McCarthy being removed as Speaker of the House? Not necessarily, because that's a political thing that whoever would take his Let place. me interrupt for a second. I rarely do, so okay. let me interrupt. Not necessarily a political thing. If the argument is that we're not getting enough cuts, the argument would be that the leadership, meaning Kevin McCarthy, isn't bringing enough strength to the conversation, convincing enough members, pushing back and working with yep. those conservatives that you are hailing in the House, and therefore it's a lack of leadership. I don't know if that's necessarily two different things. Okay, and you got a good point there, but they'll have to wrestle with that among themselves. My point is whoever would replace him inherits the same thin margin with no Democrat interested in budget reform. And I don't know how that really changes things. And when I look at what Kevin has done, he has been of the four leaders. Uh, of course, you know, were Jeffries and Pelosi. They orchestrated all this with Schumer. And then McConnell has many times been on board with this, especially if it's got the military component in it. So I don't think you can see that there's going to be any real solution if he is replaced. And for, that is for them to figure out. I don't know the inside scoop of what he has done, what he has backed off on. They'll have to figure that out. I just don't think it'll make a lot of difference. When you see what Congressman Matt Gates is doing, certainly while you don't have to have a, a vote on this, it would be, I, I think, surreal to think that there's no thought in the Senate about what uh, should happen. Is there a feel in the Senate that Gates is right and McCarthy should be replaced? I would say in the Senate there would be more of a feeling, not necessarily representing mine, that McCarthy has done as good a job as he can given the situation. And I think in this case, um, they'll have to decide whether there's anything to be gained by changing the leadership. And that is nuanced because of what you observe and all of us do, even in the Senate, you don't know who is going to be for or against a given move that would come from the speaker. And until he would have more protection with a bigger uh, majority in the House, we'll see in 24, then I think you could really measure him for whether he's more part of the problem or he's more part of the solution. Talking to Senator Mike Braun of Indiana, candidate for governor in Indiana. You can find him at braun.senate.gov. On the border conversation, it would seem to me that after watching Governor Kathy Hochul in New York talk about how we need to uh, be working on the border and slow down. It seems that it's open in her words and everyone's coming in, which is, of course, true, claiming amnesty uh, uh, when, or asylum, I should say, when, of course, they're not asylum seekers, they're economic migrants, which is a different conversation. Seeing what's happening in New York City, seeing what's happening um, in, in Los Angeles, in San Francisco, across the country, that there would be a okay 
let us together work a plan to make this better. That plan does not seem to be in the offing. Are there no Democrats willing to work at all on creating a safer border? That is starting to wobble because when you get uh, the governor of New York and Mayor Adams saying, despite the fact that we were an open sanctuary city, we can't take it. And thank goodness uh, Governor Abbott uh, did something that at least wakes some of these knuckleheads up. Whether that's going to sink in in California, I think it's already apparent in places like Arizona. So I think that uh, pendulum is swinging back in favor of some type of border security. Now, who are you going to listen to? The Border Patrol, when I and about 16, 17 other Republicans were down there, shortly after Biden took over, they said clearly you're going to have to complete the wall in places where it doesn't need much to get it done and add some in high traffic locations and then throw more personnel and really show that you're going to do something about it. Don't let people come into the country uh, saying asylum when you know most of them are trying to leave a bad situation warranted for many of these places, but it's economic reasons. Biden has gamed it to where he thinks everyone coming in will benefit him down the road, the Democratic Party politically, and they are in I think now between a rock and a hard place, because that was a big issue when I ran back in 18 for Senate. It is a bigger issue now because it's amounting to about 250,000 to 300,000 people a month between uh, actual greetings at the border and the gotaway category, which is now up to about 70 or 80,000. And they're not coming in here in a wholesome manner. Uh, They don't want to greet. And we're up to over 100 nationalities that are being brought in by the Mexican cartels, and they're paying a much bigger fee. It's got so many things that work against it if you've got any dose of common sense. And, yes, now's the time where we need to leverage it, and I still think it would be hard to get, at this point in time, too many Democrats in the Senate on board. When you talk about people starting to wobble, maybe an opportunity, you go back to March when you uh, put forward uh, a bit of legislation that would prohibit the purchase of U.S. farmland by those associated with the governments of Iran, North Korea, China, and Russia, uh, the idea of the Chinese buying land near U.S. military bases, and, and, and others as being the Communist Chinese Party. Even Senator John Fetterman uh, in a kind of rambling statement, as often happens, discuss the fact that, that our enemy should not be able to own land in the United States. You've got this introduced with Senator Tester of Montana in a very, very tough um, uh, re-election campaign in Montana. Are you starting to see move uh, on this legislation, the Protecting America's Agriculture Land from Foreign Harm Act? Yes, because when you talk about uh, Tester and Fetterman, you're at each end of the political spectrum within their party. And uh, geopolitically, it's very clear that China and their cohorts uh, are going to be the issue down the road and why we would not do something to put a wet blanket on that uh, with the behavior that China has exhibited uh, in terms of trade in general. A lot of people are moving their supply chains out of there, and there's good reason to do it. That gets very complicated as well. But, no, that is a fairly – high-profile, significant bill that I think has a chance of uh, really gaining legs. Typically, it takes two or three Congresses, Tony, which is four to six years to get legislation 
of consequence through, this has got a chance of maybe moving more quickly. Senator Mike Braun of Indiana, braun.senate.gov, also a candidate for governor in Indiana. I appreciate you taking the time to be with us. More to get to. I'm Tony Katz, and this is Tony Katz Today. Do not forget that the nationwide emergency alert is going to happen tomorrow, Wednesday at 2.20 p.m. Eastern Time. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today, I know a lot of people are like, this is weird, this is creepy, all of it. They do tests. This has happened uh, before. Uh, This is the Federal Emergency Management Agency. It's going to be cell phones, TVs, and radios. We're going to be on the air. It's going to be kind of fascinating. What are we going to hear? I don't know what it's going to sound like. I don't know how it's going to play out, but we're going to be here. But just don't be freaked by it. It is going to cover the U.S. from... uh, 2.20 to 2.50 p.m. Eastern Time. It's only a test. No action is required by the public. That's the message you'll see, whether it's on your phone or through radio, somewhere else. So be aware of it. When it comes tomorrow, don't be freaked out by it. Uh, Tell your kids. If if they have cell phones, they'll see this thing. Just don't, don't panic. And, of course, there will be a version in Spanish because everybody who speaks Korean somehow doesn't deserve the same respect. Every time you say you're just going to do it in Spanish... You're adding a lot. English, it's English. Spanish? Well, why not everybody else? Uh, That's a story for another day. Find everything at TonyKatz.com tomorrow, everyone. Take care.